Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire. And yes, this is Maverick's Do It Different podcast. This is where we think different, be different, do different, create a different action in everything that we do internally and externally to create a different life for ourselves and our loved ones and our community and our society at large. And today, the person that we have as a special guest, well, this is right in her wheelhouse to talk about is what does that look like in the world of metaphysics? She's been a student of metaphysics since way early childhood, long time in growing and processing and creating all this. She's a mother, Christian science practitioner, guided from early, early, early on, and we're going to talk about that, to be in serious study of scientific metaphysics in with writings from Margaret Laird and the Margaret, what used to be the Margaret Laird Foundation, which is now the Institute of Scientific Metaphysics, and has been a part of that for a long time. Her book, Mind is the Athlete, an Exploration of Consciousness and Cause, presents scientific metaphysics in a whole new format, active practitioner, leader, teacher, and uh, in the search for dis dissemination of definitive, meaningful, and useful avenues of self-discovery. All this is awesome. We're going to explain all this and more, understanding she served as the president of the institution Institute of Metaphysics Science for over 20 years. She is now 96 years old and still actively teaching in groups one-on-one, -on -one, doing five-day intensive classes, creating Zoom, Zoom connections with people all around the world. Please welcome our special guest here, Betty Alby. Thank you so much for being here and for being a part of this community and sharing your vast knowledge. Tell me, uh, well, welcome, welcome, Betty. Thank you. We're, we're going to get into a, so many discussions and so much. I am a close friend with your daughter, and she talks about you, Kim Albee, and she talks about you just nonstop with such admiration. I had to, had to, had to have you on here to find out uh, what, what it is that, that you're doing and so much of the 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 power that you are living your life with um tell me a little bit about your history and how you got started with metaphysics from way back when uh let's start there okay um probably a, a short story when i was seven years old uh and i was uh, my mother was a practitioner of christian science and my grandmother, so there's a long history back there. But um, anyway, I got up one morning with an earache and I said, mom, I don't wanna go to school. And she says, okay, why don't you go ahead and get dressed and I'll get your lunch ready. And I could see it was a losing battle, but I was still gonna stay home if I could. And so anyway, I got dressed and I came downstairs and mother handed me my lunch and buttoned up my sweater and said, now remember, Betty, you don't have to take that earache all the way to school with you. You can drop it any time. And I said, 
okay. And she says, okay, talk to you later. And out the door I went. And as I was walking to school, which was probably half a mile away, uh, I kept thinking about, well, I don't have to take it all the way to school. And it began to fade away. By the time I got to the school ground, there was no earache. And I thought, I'm not going to get sent home. I don't have an earache anymore. So that's the way that went. But what I learned from that was that it was up to me. And, and that's really the thing that has stuck with me all my life. Because whether I'm happy or sad or loving or hateful or you name it, it's up to me. So if I'm not happy, guess where I get to look? How am I being that I'm not happy? And if I'm sick, the same thing. How am I being that I'm sick? And so on. And so all the way through many years, I've learned to look at what I'm doing, what I'm willing to do, how I'm being about it all. And it makes a huge difference. To say the least. And man, you're talking my language. Love this. So there's there's a ton of people in our audience that may or may not even know what metaphysics means. So tell us a little bit about what that is and what it means to be a practitioner of it. Well, fundamentally, uh, it's based on the statement, I guess, made by Mary Baker Eddy when she generated Christian science. But anyway, uh, I've discovered that it's a broad science, not limited to a church organization. And I live it that way. But fundamentally, everything's mental. We live and move and have being mentally, and we always have, whether we know it or not. So who you're being with yourself is the whole story. Am I willing? Uh, How am I presenting myself that I'm hateful or joyful or comfortable or uncomfortable or prejudiced or you name it? It's it's all up to me. Nobody makes me do anything without my consent. And my consent can be unconscious, like a belief I'm holding. You know, if, if I believe that John Henry doesn't like me, that doesn't mean that he doesn't like me. It means that I'm living in terms of a belief that there's somebody out there that can make me unhappy, that doesn't like me, doesn't want me around, all that. It's pure fiction. So when I learn to look at, well, how are you being that you get that feeling? And I just sort of shift, oh, well, I can like him even if he doesn't like me. What difference does it make? It's up to me. And my whole world shifts when I do that. It's, hmm. it's really up to me, all of it. My job, my well-being, my health, my income, the, my relationships with my kids, the whole thing. Who am I being that it's either good, bad, or indifferent? So when you shift how you're thinking, how the world shows up for you changes. Yeah, because the world shows up to me the way I'm willing to have it show up. Now, now some people, and I'm going to play the devil's advocate in this. Some people say, oh, well, that you're just making things up. Sure. That's not the real that's not the real world. You're just making it up in your head. So what why you're lying to yourself? 
Well, I grew up with this, at the time, theory that everything was mental. Well, where is mental for me? Is it over there in your head? No, it's here where I am. And I get to live it here. And how it looks over there, I don't have any say about that. So I leave that alone. It can look any way it wants to look, but I get to be myself. And when I'm being myself, I'm in charge. And I have the world I walk through the way I walk through it. How is that change dictated? Uh, a, how has that shown up for your life? And now you've lived through the test of time, as they say. So there's some proof in the pudding. How has that um, shown up for you in, in the longevity of your world and your life? Well, uh, one example that's right here in front of my face is uh, where I'm living. You know, I have, I don't have a huge income. I have social security and I have a small income besides that. Uh, from the point of view that anybody standing by would look, I look like I'm living very well. I'm living in a, in a lovely condo in a beautiful part of La Jolla, California. And oh, I don't know what to do with that thing. It's all right. Anyway. I live in uh, at a condo that's beautifully furnished with a one with a two car garage, patios, a lovely garden, and I, I've really, from the human point of view, I could never afford to live here. But what happened to me was when I got to the point where I couldn't uh, continue to rent because the rents were going up beyond my ability to pay. I looked at it and I thought, well, there's a place for me. And there's a place that I can be happy and comfortable and safe and so on. And as I looked at it, we went around and we explored all the places where retired people could live. And none of them satisfied me. I looked and I thought, oh, I don't want to live there. And then I thought, well, maybe you're going to have to live there. And I thought, well, let me look some more. So I kept looking. But my niece came down from Los Angeles. And we went out to dinner and I told her what I was doing. I'm looking for a place to live. She said, well, Betty, I own a couple of houses here in La Jolla and I come down, one of them I rent, the other one I come down and stay in a week at a time here and there. But you could live there if you want to. And I said, well, that would be great. You sure? And she says, sure. She says, nobody's in that house most of the time. Right. So, uh, but anyway, long story short, I moved in and she has moved several times around. So I moved with her and then she decided she wanted to live full time back in Los Angeles. And I said, oh, OK, how are we going to work this out? And she said, well, very simply, she said, I'm going to sell this house and I'm going to buy a condo and you and I can go shopping for the condo and you can live in the condo. And that's what she did. And that's where I am. And it is a million dollar condo here in La Jolla. And I'm, I've been here five years now, going on six. And uh, she comes down and stays once in a while. 
but primarily I live here and I'm just, I find a community of women that I play bridge with. I go to luncheons, uh, you know, I participate. So, so with, with the science of it, the real thought process and what you were just talking about is that you decided and it's the repetitiveness of, of a vision that you said, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And then it shows up. But some people would say, so you talk to a couple relatives and 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 they they offered a solution. How do we connect the dots from, oh, well, that was just one incident, one conversation to there's a real science behind this that works consistently, persistently. Yep. Um, I am a student of I am the world I walk through. Right. I decide for myself that I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to be well cared for because all of that comes from who I'm being. And who I'm being is complete and fulfilled and satisfied on every level. And so I stay with that. And when something comes up like, oh, well, you can come and live in my house. I always say, are you sure? Is that going to work out for you? Oh, yeah, because I won't have to worry about it. Somebody will be in the, in the house and it's empty most of the time and so on. But one step at a time, I'm just willing to walk on and see what turns up. And I stay with that. And, and there's another counterpart to it. I know that it's not an accident. I know that I'm growing the world I walk through. And interestingly enough, when my niece fell and had an accident and was laid up in bed, I went up and stayed there with her until she could get on her feet again. I did her shopping, I did her cooking, I so on, took care of her. She said, nobody's ever done that for me before. I said, well, nobody's ever put given me a house to live in before either. So, you know, it goes full circle. Yeah, it, it's, and, and I live within this space so, so much. And I talk about all these concepts and I hear the people say, oh, you're just lucky. Oh, you, things just work out for you, but that's not the real world. That's not the world I live in. And, and so how do we help people see the science of it to buy into it, which is what it takes to actually step into it fully. Otherwise there's, you know, there's cracks in our armor, if you will, yep. that, that you've got to believe and stay the course. How do we help them? do that? What message can we deliver to them on this podcast to say, here's how to make this happen? Here's how to implement it. Yeah, well, that's what really one of the toughest steps for anybody to take, because any truth that you're working with, whether it's mathematics or metaphysics or you name it, if you don't demonstrate it in your life, you have no way or no authority for understanding that it will absolutely work under all circumstances. So the challenge is to demonstrate. I've been teaching metaphysics for years. Most people will give it some kind of a, a shot and they don't stay with it. Right. It is easy to talk. It's easy to say the words. 
it's another thing to put your mouth, your money where your mouth is and live it and see. Because I many times, many times over these years, I've said, well, okay, we're going to put this to, to test and see. And it's either going to work or it's not. And if it doesn't work, I'm through with it. I'm ready to go in another direction. It has never let me down. And I've had financial issues and health issues and housing issues and relationship issues. And I know because I have demonstrated it, that it's going to work every time. Yeah. And interestingly enough, there are an awful lot of intellectual metaphysics students. But until you demonstrate it, you won't count on it. And counting on it is what makes the difference in your living. An example, um, a couple of years ago, really about eight or nine years ago, something like that, I began to limp around and I wasn't comfortable. Something was going on in my body and I did not know what to do about it. But it was really um, inhibiting my ability to walk. And when you're a student of metaphysics, you're also not very knowledgeable about the world of medical science and all that's available. So I was pretty ignorant on a lot of fronts there. But one day I went to uh, an exercise program and the fellow that was leading the exercise program came up to me afterwards and he said, what's going on with you? And I said, well, I'm just having a little, little problem with my hip and, and I, I don't really know. He says, well, for heaven's sakes, why don't you get a hip replacement? I said, oh, can you get a hip replacement? And he said, sure. He said, I'm amazed if your doctor hasn't mentioned it. I didn't tell him that I hadn't talked to my doctor about it right. because I didn't know that, you know. So I called my doctor and I said, could I get a hip replacement? She says, sure. What, what's going on? So I told her, and she says, I'll schedule it. Come in. And she took x-rays and whatever. Anyway, they replaced the hip. I spent one night in the hospital. And the next day I was watering my patio and the walker that they insisted that I have was staying by the door. I didn't even need it. And I never used it. That's incredible. You know, but it's a matter of the information came my way when I needed to know it. And that's part of it too. You don't live in a vacuum. It, it, it's it's so amazing because I, I've experienced a lot of the same things and, and the cycle of life and understanding that what I engage with, I never know when it's coming back to me, but the belief that it will, the belief yeah. that there's that there's a there's a greater magic, if you will, that is happening, greater power that exists as you live within it and you put it out there to say, this is what I want my life to be and watch things move to serve that vision. And sometimes people argue, oh, well, that's just happenstance, that's circumstance. However, for those of us that believe in this and, and understand it, we see it happen over and over and over and over and over and over again in our world. Uh, one of the things that, that people say, oh my gosh, you're 96 years old. Now you may not feel like that's like you, you, you've reached a milestone only other people look at it like, wow, 96. 
That's longer than what most people are told their longevity is going to be. What do you attribute your your uh, activeness, your 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 power with what you do on a daily basis, all that you're actively doing in your life with your age? Most people go, really? What do you attribute your power to? Being myself and being self-responsible. What could people do? So now we have people that are listening in and I'll tell you my mantra, I am now 58. And my mantra when I turned 50 is one half century down, two more to go. And I've been saying that every day since I turned 50. And one half century down, two more to go. My goal is to be 150. And I truly believe, and I have people that say, oh, get out. And yet you're not going to live that long. I said, well, by the time you prove me wrong, I won't care. So it's okay. And so there's so much, and I do believe our mental state and our mental power and tapping into the metaphysics and the science of this has everything to do with how you're able to live today with all your capabilities at 96 what can people do that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s to, to make sure that they're living fully every day and that they tap into the same power? What, what are their action steps that they should be doing every day? Uh, that's, um, that's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> uh, actually, it's it's every single day the willingness to acknowledge that you are the authority and the power in your life there's nothing else that moves your life but you and you consent to everything that's going on with you good bad or indifferent and there is a way to intervene in that by taking a responsible attitude about who you are and what you're saying and what you're doing, and who you're doing it with, and how you're doing it, all of that is always, you know, a, a teacher I have, Margaret Laird, in fact, once told me that every single action of my day has value, whether I see it or not. So when something goes haywire for me, I take a look. What's going on here? What are you up to? Are you believing that? You think that guy's going to do that for you? You think that's going to ruin you? Do you think that's going to make you sick if you're eating something, you know, on and on? The end, there's no end to that list. But I'm willing to say, now, I couldn't have that in my life. I couldn't have that in my life if I didn't want it, if it wasn't good for me, if it didn't have value. And I begin to look at everything I'm up to. And it sorts itself out. It'll come right up in front of your face. And you'll say, oh, for heaven's sakes, I didn't know I believed that. And you just drop it and you're on your way. How can people practice metaphysics in their life? What, what are some of key components? We've got people listening from all around the world to our podcast. What would you tell them? 
they, they say, all right, I, I get it. It's been effective for you. It's been effective in your life. What can I be doing? The, the techniques, strategies, uh, words of advice as to how do I, where do I begin? Okay, well, it's no accident that it's effective. Number one, it, it's the perception of a universal intelligence everywhere present. And it's a matter of like, you might say tapping into it, but it's a matter like of, of agreeing. Yes, there is a universal intelligence functioning everywhere. And if I know the right thing to do, everywhere knows the right thing to do. It's, it's kind of oversimplified in stating it, but that's fundamentally true. There isn't anything here that isn't everywhere. There isn't anything going on here that can't go on everywhere. There isn't any possibility here that isn't possible everywhere. So that's why if somebody calls from Canada, do you think it makes a difference that they're in Canada and I'm in California? No. It makes no difference at all. It's the same truth everywhere. And it's being aligned with what are the facts and can I stay with them? And will I stay with them? And, and and there are a lot of books written about the facts and all that stuff. So that's not hard to come by. But the intellectual perception is not the secret. The secret is in living it demonstrably, demonstrating it every day, all the time. What's in charge here? A universal intelligence that's good, that's whole, that's love present, that's intelligent, that has principle and truth. It's everywhere. So when you're aligned with that, you can't make a wrong move. And define alignment. How do I make sure that I'm in alignment with it? I notice when I'm not feeling happy. I notice when I'm being nasty. I notice when I say no. I notice things. I pay attention. So, and then what? So now we have awareness that I'm being nasty. What should I do uh, with that awareness? Well, right away, I say to myself, you think there's somebody out there that can affect your well-being, make you happy or unhappy, rich or poor, right or wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Betty, get on your toes. If you're the authority in your life, now's the time to say, uh-uh, everything's just fine. And I drop all of that. And the quicker I drop it, the quicker my life shapes up. So it's being aware. So I'm aware of my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. I then compare what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling as to who I am showing up as with the person that I want to be and then make adjustments. Okay, there's one thing I would suggest to you. Yes. It's not with the person you want to be. It's with the person, it's with the individuality that you are that's at the standpoint of perfection and you're living it as if that were not true when you have a problem. Expand on that. Okay. Fundamentally, all is infinite mind. 
infinitely manifest. So we've got a universal intelligence and that universal intelligence has characteristics, love, principle, soul, spirit, life, truth, all of that. That's what's universally present, constituting me in the world I walk through. Now, if that constitutes me in the world I walk through, when something doesn't feel okay, something's out of alignment. I'm picking up on something that isn't so. I'm living as if a problem were bigger and more powerful than the being that's present. So, and, and here's, here's a real key. And, and what I hear from, from others is that they believe, and you just did a, a shift with, from what they believe to what is, and that is they believe when they are looking to make themselves happy, that that is a shift to act as if they're happy. What, That's not it. Right. What you're saying is it's it's actually the almost the opposite. And that That's is right. <laughs> the reality is you were meant to be happy. And what you're what you're acting is acting as if the world is bad or negative, And that has any influence on you whatsoever. And that influence is is showing up a misalignment. So you need to act towards your true self, which is to be happy. Perfect. Oh. Yeah, that that's uh, yep, that's pretty good. And it, it's the so. Is, the thing is, you want to come from the perfection that's present, not go toward it. It's already who it's you already are. It's already there. It's already there. Who you are is, um, well, in in metaphysics, we say reflective God being. Yes. So. If reflective God being is present, it's perfection. Yes. Here, here. So then yeah. you, you, you allow that to be. So you're returning to yourself rather than hunting for something that isn't there. Ooh. And for everyone that's listening, that's one of the biggest distinctions that Betty is clarifying is the understanding that that all that mantra of oh you got to act as if is is what you're doing every day when you're doing things that are outside of your perfection and what we're talking about here in the metaphysical world and understanding this concept is that that's when you're acting as if and the real alignment is live within your perfection that's always there and omnipresent Beautifully said. Right on. Yeah. So profound. And it's such one of the things that disturbs me so much and why I wanted to have you on here to talk about this is that so many people in our society, in our world, it's like we're in Alice in Wonderland and looking through the looking glass. Everything's upside down. And it's so counter to what is that that perfectionism isn't what they see and not what they perceive every day. And to help them open up their awareness and their eyes to what could be is, is the, the, the biggest um, challenge, if you will, is that it's right there, 
how do we help them find the awareness? How do we help them open up their eyes to what is right there in their own perfectionism, uh, their own perfect existence and that, that, that connection that is with the universe that the, there is a perfect world that's right in front of you, that you are, that is. How do we help them? It isn't that the perfect world is external to yourself. I am the world I walk through. Um, you cannot manipulate circumstances and appearances as if they were existing outside of your consciousness. So your awareness constitutes who you are. Yes. So how do we, so the awareness is what, and, and you put it beautifully in, in my reframing what I said is, and I still, it's helping people be aware. How do they increase that awareness of what is? Because that seems to be the, the catalyst for living within this space. Yep. Um, to, to put another thing out there for you. Yep. Um, your um, how do I put that? Your uh, urge, if I can put it that way, to uh, make yourself available to your world as a catalyst for wake up, be whole, be free, be wealthy, powerful, joyous, etc. That um, uh, the power of that comes from you living what you're talking about. Yes. And and it's and it's like an example, for instance, the effort to make the other guy do something is not nearly as effective as you living him being whole. Yes. Because then you find yourself saying, from a human point of view, exactly what he needs to hear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we're talking about metaphysics. We're talking about the science of and how to live it within your world. And, and it's so interesting because when we talk to, when I talk to people that have never heard of any of this. They look at it like you're you're talking nuts. You're you're just talking yeah 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 yeah. I live in the real world, and yet what we've been expressing here is the beauty of what we're talking about. We already are part of and live here present. And in that being, we're, the world shows up as we imagine. And it's a, it's a very different uh, view of what's around me and what is. 
Yeah, it, but let me see. You said just a minute ago, the world shows up as we imagined. The world shows up for your experience as you imagine. The world is always present as it is. And it's whole, perfect, complete, free, joyous, satisfying, fulfilling, etc. So the world is always okay. Here, here. How I live it, it's up to me. So we've got people listening in who have uh, been hearing some of what we've been talking about. <laughs> Any uh, words of wisdom for them as to uh, as to uh, a piece of advice how to live a great joyous beautiful life you've you've lived a long life so far um words of wisdom for them well i i view the world if you want the world um as a laboratory for self-discovering so as i discover myself i discover my world what's next for you betty and some people would say oh you know here you, you there's nothing next year you're 96 what what more could you be doing what more is for you what's next in your world i just have to take it a day at a time i'm going to be playing bridge i'm going to a luncheon i'm secretary of a group that i will go take minutes for I just keep going. Beautiful. Yeah, it, it's uh, a testament to all that we could be doing um, in our world and what how life can really show up. Yeah, it, you know, again, I just want one more little thing. It, I'm not kidding when I say you got to be self-responsible. Yes. When I when I run into a, a roadblock or a stumbling block or some difficulty. I always look first at Betty. What she got going on? What's she trying to do here? What in the world, you know? Because if I don't take responsibility for it, it will get bigger and bigger. Because when I allow something out there to rule the roost, it takes over. So Thanks. you can be. And, and experience the world, and you are 100% uh, responsible for everything that shows up in your life. Yep. And how it I'm, lives. I'm responsible for how I live it. Yes. Stuff happens. Yes. Who am I being? Yeah. yeah. I'm a firm believer in, in stuff happens to everybody. It's how you react to it yep. and how you be within it. Yeah. Uh, is definitely the key and man oh man it's uh i know it's shown up a, a thousand different ways in my life and it sounds the same for what you've experienced keep on living every day uh the way you have been betty you're an inspiration to all of us uh for how you have experienced life and what you give to all of us every day thank you it's, so much it's a joy to talk with you and thank you uh, we've got, is there a place that they can reach out and find you and 
um, be a part of your world. They want to talk to you further. Um, I have blb at ymail.com. That's the letter Y, mail.com, B-A-L-B-E-E at ymail.com. Is that accurate? That's right. Happy Perfect. to hear from them. Thank you. Or you want to look up Institute of Scientific Metaphysics.org, and you'll be able to reach out to her there and also learn more about metaphysics. I would highly encourage you to do so. It is a way of living life that is... Uh, uh, profound in what it delivers to your world. Betty, thank you so much again for all that you've shared with us and uh, for living the life that we can all be inspired by. Thank you so much. It's a joy to know you. and Thank you. For all of you, we are on this journey together. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for tapping in, being a part of our community. Be sure to share this with everyone that you know, because we want this message to get out there and for our community to continue to share and grow as it naturally will. This is Paul Fink, the Maverick Millionaire. This is the Mavericks Do It Different podcast. Till next time, everyone.